Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to people who want to speak more as a way to build their income and grow their business. Well, welcome everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Show. My name is Jane Atkinson. I'm the author of the Wealthy Speaker 2.0 and the Epic Keynote. The topic of today's podcast is locking down sponsorships. And our guest expert is Charmaine Hammond. Welcome, Charmaine. Good morning. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited. Great to be here. I'm excited to have you today. And I'm going to just give everybody just a quick little bio for you so they know where you're coming from. Charmaine Hammond has been in the business of changing lives for more than 25 years. This former correctional officer, yep, she worked in the jails, and corporate dispute resolution expert now travels the world teaching the principles of leadership, resilience, and collaboration. As a professional speaker, she has presented to hundreds of thousands of people in a variety of industries. As a best-selling author and professional speaker, she has had tremendous success in finding corporate sponsors to fund her printing, graphic design, venues, travel, media, technology, hotels, even her pet food and dog poop bags. Okay, I'm going to have to ask you about that one later. (laughs) She's developed sponsorship relationships with more than 40 sponsors and 60 business partners. Today, Charmaine will teach you, teach us, how to find corporate sponsors to fuel your business. So welcome, Charmaine. I'm so happy that we're here talking about this. Tell us a little bit about kind of your background, and then we'll just jump right into sponsorship. Great. My background, like you said, I worked in the jail system in Ontario for many years, and uh, that was not a very collaborative environment. (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) And, you know, I think that was the one thing that I learned from that system was that I really wanted to work in an environment where there was a, a feeling of support and collaboration. And when I moved away from the adult system and worked with young offenders, that was what the culture was, very collaborative, and I really embraced it. And when I moved to Fort McMurray, Alberta, um, in, there was no jail to go work at, so I had to take a new career path and, and got a job as the executive director of a women's shelter. And that was actually where I first started learning about sponsorship because part of the job of an executive director is to get money for the organization. Right. So here I was in this brand-new role coming from the government system, now trying to figure this all out. And, and then I got a master's in, in uh, conflict resolution and, and uh, management and became a mediator. And that's when I actually opened up my business in 1997 and was teaching people the skills of conflict resolution as well as mediating disputes. And again, that was another place where I learned about sponsorship because I, I then began seeking sponsorship for the different training programs that I was hosting and the events that I was Uh, speaking at. So it's been a long journey of learning and um, sponsorship and and funding your projects through collaboration is such a great way for speakers to manage their business and bring revenue in. Okay, so let's talk about what that might look like. You had a long list of things that you've had sponsors. Um, what, What? Just give us the lay of the land in terms of your definition of sponsorship. Yeah, that's a great place to start because I think a lot of times we think of sponsorship and we believe that it's something that's available for nonprofit organizations. And what I love about sponsorship is it's really a marketing relationship. It's a marketing relationship between a company 
and and an organization, a business, a speaker, an entrepreneur. And what's really critical is that it isn't it doesn't fall under philanthropy on that brand's uh, budget. It falls under marketing. So a company, whether it's Lululemon or Starbucks or your local hair salon, when they invest money, of course, in marketing, they're wanting to get some kind of ROI in exchange for their contribution. And that's the beauty of sponsorship is that speakers can work collaboratively with businesses that they already do business with. That was where my first 40 sponsors came from. Mm -hmm. There was not one cold call. They were all people I knew. So give us some examples of um, what you did. And when was your first uh aha as when you went, oh, wait a second, and then the door just kind of swung open for you. I remember exactly the day, Jane. (laughs) I was planning my book launch for my my book on Toby's terms, and uh, you know what it's like. Your listeners know what it's like. This great idea becomes all of a sudden very, very costly, Mm -hmm. and um, I had this big vision for the book launch, and it was getting outrageously out of control from a budget perspective. And I was talking to my hairstylist and she said, oh, we should have you come in and we'll do your makeup and your hair and everything so you look great. And I thought, that's a great idea. And she said, you know, we're not going to charge you. We're just going to do this for you. And I said, wow, that's even a greater idea. (laughs) And then she said, you know, Charmaine, you're in front of my audience all the time. We want to get in front of women, professional women in the area that my company is in. And this is the audience you speak to. I wonder if we can do some kind of a collaboration where I'll do your hair and nails and makeup and everything through the year, and we can find a way that there's a benefit for me. And that's when the light bulb went on. Ah. And I so <laughs> that that conversation turned into uh, for about three years. I didn't pay for any haircuts, hairstyles, um, massages. I got to get mo- <laughs> twice a month massages that I didn't pay wow. for. I didn't pay for clothing for a number of years, jewelry, accessories, um, printing, marketing materials, um, event space. And so (laughs) how do you get the word out about these people? Tell me about your part in making sure that they get their value. Well, what people often tend to do is they decide, I'm going to go to WestJet. I'm going to go to, you know, the national branch of my, we're going to start really big. and. We're competing with the Olympics, to be frank. I mean, when we're going to the national offices looking for sponsorship, we're um, in competition, although I don't see this competition. Um, The other businesses that are applying for sponsorship are huge and have a long-standing record of being able to give brands really great ROI. And where we want to start is actually to, to learn the process of sponsorship is to actually start with the people that you know and do business with. So when I'm teaching clients how to do sponsorship for themselves, the very first exercise that we do is a vital statistics is what I call it, vital statistics exercise, where they look at all of the metrics that they have. So their social following, their database size, the number of people they speak in front of in the uh, course of a year, the number of events that they appear at. And we track all that because those are some of the benefits that sponsors are looking for. The other exercise that goes hand in hand with that is I have speakers then look at who are all the people that they're already in relationship with and even more specifically, who are the people that they're already doing business relationships with. So my first sponsors were were my clothing store, my graphic designer who then became a sponsor, my printer, 
who I've been paying for years, has now become a, a sponsor. My hairstylist, um, my, who else did I have? My goodness, I had, well, the poop bag sponsor. <laughs> and how do they get recognized? <laughs> Each one, you know, that's the important part. This is the part that people miss. When we talk about mistakes, Jane, this is number one. People typically create a generic um, I'm going to call it a sponsorship package. Kind of like and, one size right. fits all is what you're saying. You got it. Okay. And it's usually framed as gold, silver, and bronze. Okay. So for $10,000, you get this. $5,000, right. here's how I'll promote you. Uh, every big sponsor, national sponsor I've ever spoken to has told me they shred proposals that look like that. They don't even read them. And the reason why is because they're not customized. We have decided through this proposal what we think a company needs for recognition. The best way to find out what a company wants for recognition is to ask them. And I'm going to give you a great example. The original Poop Bags, who um, is our Poop Bags sponsor and has been for many years. <laughs> we go through a lot of Poop Bags. And, I, of course, we have a dog if there's someone that doesn't know the backstory. Oh, that's it's just, funny. It's not just that I love Poop Bags. So we, and we, we do speaking tours with our dog and, and uh, as part of my philanthropy projects. And, and when I was talking to Paul, who owns the original Poop Bags, one might think that, a company would want, you know, social media exposure and maybe to sell more poop bags would be the goal. Right. And Paul was really specific with what his needs were. He said, you know, Charmaine, the way people buy um, the poop bags is they don't remember a logo that they saw on Facebook and run to the store and look for that exact logo, which usually looks similar, by the way, in the poop bag industry. Mm -hmm. He said they buy those poop bags because they actually try them. And that's what he was looking for, was opportunities for what they call sampling. To get people to so, try them. Okay. Exactly. So he, it, you know, having his logo on websites and things like that was didn't just a, much. didn't okay. mean as much. Exactly. So you've really got to ask them. Same with, with my hairstylist, for example. What she was wanting is to attract a certain type of audience, not just every woman, right. but a very specific professional entrepreneurial, career-minded woman. That was her ideal audience at the time. And so we made certain, some of the things that I did to recognize her was I actually put, I would use um, her business as a case study oh. in my presentation and also in my handout packages. Nice. And, um, you know, that, because it would be weird to be standing from the stage saying, does everyone like my hair yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or a little sign at the bottom of the stage, hair and makeup, right. bye. <laughs> But when you talk about them and okay. bridge the relationship, um, that's what, what really led customers her way. And, you know, a lot of people might think, well, come on, getting your hair covered and your clothing and your nails, like really, how much did that benefit you or your business? It benefited us to the tune of $39,000 a year that I did not have to spend. Okay. Wow. So that's a lot of money that was not now coming out of my business or personal and those aren't even sometimes business expenses so it's really exactly. coming out of after-tax money so okay we know now that through instagram and a lot of celebrities the kardashians are probably the most famous for um developing this talk about it from that perspective you know uh from a, if you have a large social media following do you think you have more clout and let's just talk about it from the social yeah. media standpoint 
I love that question because we often think bigger is better. And in this case, what most of my sponsors have told me is it's not so much the size of the following, it's how engaged the following is because they're really looking to, um, and this is their words, not mine. The sponsors I've talked to and have worked with have said they're looking to engage new potential clients, new customers, new audiences. And the best way for them to do that is to to be participatory on social media. So if somebody had a Facebook following of 100,000, but nobody's talking on it, nobody's liking and sharing posts, the sponsor probably wouldn't see the benefit of that. And I remember the time that we um, applied for, or we built a sponsorship arrangement with um, Fraser Way RV, who was our RV company Mm -hmm. that sponsored us for our 14,000 kilometer speaking tour. (laughs) Which Which we want to talk about here in a second. (laughs) I definitely am curious about that. You know, one of the things we did in recognizing this amazing company was lots of video. And of course, the the branded RV, the branded motorhome that was wrapped became the backdrop for um, a lot of the media that we did, traditional media, TV and radio and so forth, but also for the video blogs that we did and our and our periscopes and, and we didn't have Facebook Live at that time, but all of our live videos. And so what we were doing is in pulling people in. So sometimes those videos might ask a question or ask people to share something. And what was happening was, was Fraser Way RV was now able to engage in conversation with our following. That's so cool. That is so cool. I like this a lot. So, all right, let's say you have um, an idea and you think, all right, my, you know, maybe your talk is really perfect for uh, students and a bank wants to sponsor it in a cross-country tour to students or something like that. Mm-hmm. What would be the first step to making that happen? The first step is really building the relationship because if anything goes sideways, um, it is so hard to build that back. Right. And the way sponsors work is is the, the stats I'm hearing from sponsors is that they look at a two-to-one or three-to-one ratio in terms of ROI. So for example, if they were to to fund, let's just say $10,000 of sponsorship, mm-hmm. they're looking to get back at least probably 30,000 at least. I would say more of a 3 to 1 or higher. Okay. Um back in return on investment. So when when we're looking at how do we make this all work, number 1 is the relationship because that's going to carry you through bumpy spots. I'll give you an example. As we were leaving for this speaking tour, it was about a week beforehand, and I had this, oh, no, we did not even think about getting a technology sponsor on board, and we're going to be doing live streaming and videoing and radios from, from the motorhome. Right. And I was you know, panicking, thinking how much this was going to cost in data as we crossed the border. And it was our, our motorhome our sponsor that actually brought on TELUS, the telecommunication sponsor wow. for us. Right. One phone call, you know, really literally seven minutes. And that was because of their relationship with them. Fortunately for me, that's also my company. And so we got to expand a relationship um, with them. So you've got to start with building the relationship and then really working together. There's a a pattern that I see a lot with entrepreneurs is that they kind of create how they want it to look and then give it to the sponsor. And the challenge with that is that the sponsor will often have ideas 
that the, that the speaker has never even thought of. And often right. these are, ideas are bigger than the vision that we hold for ourselves, which also equates to more to more sponsorship dollars. Mm -hmm. So we've really got to include them in the planning because they have resources at their companies that they can bring on. They can bring on their media team. You know, we had that with a number of our sponsors. They brought on their whole PR team to do PR for us. Right. So, and, so maybe you go, maybe your first step is to say, Hey, I think we have some synergy. Can we, can we have a conversation to just discuss? This is what I offer. Yes. This is who I'm known by. And, you know, I'm always thinking my topic is a good fit for your, you know, corporate image or something like that. But what you're saying is that there's so many more opportunities out there. What would you say is, give us an example of where a speaker's topic matches up with a sponsor's goals and vision is is there an example of that that you can tell us how it worked mm -hmm. uh, there was a speaker that i was talking to who focuses on workplace wellness and and workplace yeah. culture really great topic and and so they were looking at uh, at companies this was what was interesting that particular speaker was looking at companies that she thought would have a fit with this and and they were companies that she typically worked for so she did the right thing by speaking to people and brands that she's already worked for past clients. But then she also started to see interest coming up from other companies that she would never thought of. And where she was seeing this was through LinkedIn. So I just want to make a plug here for the importance of LinkedIn for right. speakers. Um, as Because that's how we found the contacts for many of the businesses. Okay. So my point has, here is that um, many of the speakers' topics are transferable across so many industries um, whether it's from the banking industry to telecom to healthcare to um, nonprofits. And sometimes what's really important is to look at the industries that you're already connected with and going there first. And I, I do see this pattern That's of good. when we do something, we always want to go out and find that next new industry. Mm. And it, this that 80 uh, 20 percent rule that we always talk about in, in uh, CAPS, for example, um, you know, that's a great place to apply that spend a lot of your time talking to 80% of the people that you already know right. and have done business with. Okay. So I've always thought of sponsorships for people who might have a harder time getting paid in the traditional sense. So they have a topic that's very specific. Let's say that I wanted to speak only to women who have had uh, maybe had domestic violence or have been in that situation, do you think there might be a sponsor out there who might have that as their initiative that I could be talking to and perhaps fund some of the speaking that I might want to do as, you know, yeah. something that's just good out of the bottom of my heart type of topic? Absolutely. It's funny you mentioned that. I was just reading the newspaper when I was traveling last week, and th this was such a great lesson for me about how we often look um, for what we think is obvious and we forget about all these other opportunities. So there was an um, a organization 
that was seeking sponsorship. And I could tell by the way the newspaper article was uh, written. Anyhow, they are an organization that works with abused women and children who are moving on and starting life anew. And the number one sponsor, their key presenting sponsor for everything they were doing, their events, their fundraisers, and some kind of a tournament, was actually one of the big hotel chains. Mm. Oh. And I... And I had never, and I thought, isn't that interesting? Hmm. And so I went onto the website and I was looking, I think it was the Weston, and I was looking at their their branding. And so on the particular website I was on, there was all these examples of other events that they had sponsored in this particular area. Hmm. And then I was also talking to someone who works in the housing industry. So they, are, they help um, people who are starting over. Right. And they're looking for housing. And the Real Estate Foundation of Canada and of her particular community became her sponsor. Wow. So there's just so many. You and, and I don't think that we can ever imagine that we know what's going on in a corporation's mind. Right. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And that's so- why you actually, Jane, you that statement you just made right there is so key because what you've brought us to is that we really have to do some research here. It's not just about right. having the relationship and making an ask. It's also about researching. I spend a lot of time researching prospects and potential sponsors. And I do th- the very first place I start is LinkedIn. Okay. The second place I go is their website. And what I'm looking for is things like their values. I go and research their press releases to see what events they've sponsored before. And I'll give you an example. I really love the Canadian Tire brand and how they support children and youth. Yes. And And hockey. Yes. Exactly. And hockey. And and so when I was planning our speaking tour, um, when we were doing Million Acts of Kindness, we knew that we wanted to get in front of 10,000 students across North America. And I thought, I wonder if Canadian Tire would be a fit for the Canadian side because they support children and youth. And when I got onto the website and did my research and researched some of the the brand specialists in um, LinkedIn, what I learned is that their target really, really is sports. Ah. It's it's not about helping kids learn about bullying prevention, for example, or kindness. So I didn't even pursue them after that. As much as I love their brand, it would be such a stretch for them to probably make my project even fit. Right. With, with their brand initiatives. So we've got to do that research. And then, you know, when we're hopping on the phone with them, with a sponsor for the very first time, when it's a sponsor that you don't know, the first call is about relationship building. It's not about so much about who you are and what's this awesome project. It's about who they are and what their marketing goals are and what their passions are and what they're looking to support in their community. So you might be asking uh, asking a lot more questions than doing uh, what we've termed before as the show up and throw up, where you just like, well, this is me, blah, 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 you know. So, so exactly. that's maybe the approach we want to take. Okay, what department are we looking for in these corporate, uh, is it the corporate communications department? Where do we begin? Oh, great question. So here's my, my big juicy tip. LinkedIn is how I find them because mm-hmm. many businesses do not have a page for sponsorship. Um, it's hidden. It is so far removed from their navigation system. You have to be a detective to find it. Okay. So I go in and, and research. So, for example, if I am researching um, TELUS, I go into, and this is how I started learning more about TELUS, I went into LinkedIn and I punched in a search, TELUS sponsorship. Okay. Um, 
TELUS community investment because brands call their sponsorship department different, different words, right. right? Public relations, marketing department, um, community relations. Those were the topics I would punch in and it would give me the names of people who have or do work in those departments. And then when I called the company, if I couldn't find the sponsorship page or if there wasn't a contact, which is often the case, right. if you do find the page, there is no contact. It's just information about things they've sponsored. Right, because they then, don't want to be inundated. <laughs> right. Well, you know, one company I talked to, there are 12 people. This is a Canadian company, wow. not a huge company. 12 people in the sponsorship department. They call it community investment. They get about 400 proposals a month. Wow. Okay, that's, that's good information right there. Right. So how do you stand out by knowing how the process works? So um, with with your LinkedIn, now you have that person's name. So instead of phoning company ABC right. and asking for the person who does sponsorship, you now know it's Joe Smith and you can just phone up and ask for Joe Smith. Fantastic. Very, very good. That's good. And we're going to put all the names that you've mentioned into the show notes um, to to make sure that you can kind of be keeping those on your radar when you are doing your searches on LinkedIn. This is really good information, Charmaine. Okay, so you must tell me about your North American tour. I'm absolutely, we just bought a travel trailer not too long ago. We're going to use it as a bunkie at our cottage, but I thought someday I want to go somewhere in this thing and do something. So tell me about this. It would be so neat to have it be a working, uh, have it be, you know, like a cross country writing tour or something like that. Tell me about what your goal was and what you did. You know, the, the goal for my philanthropy project is to really change the world through kindness. And I do that by speaking in workplaces. And I have a couple of books that are written for children. And so we decided to blend my passion for speaking our business with a philanthropy tour and 14,000 kilometers across North America. We had many, many stops, as you can imagine, along the way. And the, the, the large majority of the tour was sponsored right from the motorhome to all of the technology to all of the um, sort of the online platforms that we were using, all of the hotel rooms for my team that traveled with us. So my husband and I and Toby the dog stayed in the motorhome and um, my team stayed in hotels. All of the hotel rooms were sponsored. We even had (laughs) food and gas sponsored at different stops along the way, our marketing, our media. And it was amazing. And, you know, of course, we had many of our sponsors uh, listed on the on the side of the actually on all sides of the RV because the (laughs) RV was wrapped and (laughs) we called it the kindness mobile, the kindness mobile, the kindness mobile. And so what would you do in each city? We had a number of different activities. Uh, We had speaking events, my corporate speaking events. So those were either paid speaking events or many of them were sponsored speaking events. And we also stopped at schools, spoke at a lot of schools that were sponsored by um, my sponsor, who is amazing, Petline Canada. We've worked together now for about three years. And they did something so cool, Jane. They not only sponsored presentations and my books going into schools along the tour route, they also created an in-store campaign called Tuning for Team Toby. So at their 25 stores across Canada, they sold little cut um, cut out paper paw prints for two dollars, 
And that money went into supporting schools with additional books and presentations. But what it did is what I love about that example is it's a perfect example of how you can engage not only the business, the brand Petland, but you can engage their employees in what it is the company is sponsoring. Because every person that came up to the till, of course, the staff person would ask if they wanted to support Million Acts of Kindness Tour, Tooney for Team Toby, and then people logically ask, what the heck is that? Right. And the stat, it was amazing uh, listening when we were at the stores doing events at their stores, listening to the teenagers talking about this campaign that they really didn't know us until we showed up at the store. They knew about us from the internal communications, but the conversations were so rich. There was these um, clerks at the store sharing why they just love what Petland, their company, their employer is doing because it's helping kids learn about kindness. And some of them were sharing that they were bullied in school and the customer would say, so was I. And there was this beautiful transaction happening at the till. And it was, you know, how Petland Canada engaged their employees in what it was they were sponsoring for us. And it was a great example of that whole engagement and collaboration process. Wow. Wow. This has been uh, such a rich conversation. I'm really hoping that uh, people are at the other end just writing things down <laughs> and getting a lot of great ideas. And, and and so it can be done in so many different ways. And, yeah, um, yeah this is fantastic. What do you think uh, the mistakes are that people need to avoid? You know, one of them is we don't give companies enough time to say yes. So our event is six weeks out the gate, <laughs> and we go and ask. And, you know, big companies, if we're talking the national level, they've spent their money already for 2017. They're looking at 2018, $19. Wow. Locally, though, locally, you're lo- and, and that's where you really start is all of the local businesses, like those 40 businesses um, that I dealt with day in, day out. Those are my first sponsors. They can make their decisions and activate sponsorship much faster. But just make sure you give them enough time. Don't predetermine what you think the sponsor needs uh, for recognition or return on investment. Just ask them. Bring them into the process of planning with you. Um, They'll help leverage relationships for you. I mean, it was my graphic design sponsor who had a a conversation with the printer. And and that's how, you know, that, that came to be. So people will leverage relationships for you. They get behind your passion. So the other mistake is that sometimes we come, become so um, serious about our project and we want it to happen so badly that somehow the passion that, that really is what the inspiration is, it doesn't come out clearly. And one of my sponsors, it was Fraser Ware in the early days, you know, it took nine months for us to get that sponsorship going. But in that early days, they, they said, you know, Charmaine, we're not even sure what this arrangement is going to look like. Right. But I'll tell you, we love your passion for wanting to change the world through kindness. And we see ourselves fitting in. That's what we're getting behind. And we'll figure out the details together. Well, that's nice. So as long as you have, maybe if you start with why, like Simon Sinek says, mm-hmm. yep. and you have your clarity around the why, then maybe you can just start having the conversations and you'll get to all the details. I think a lot of people might think, Charmaine, that they have to have it all figured out before they approach, and maybe they don't. This is really quite um, 
liberating yes, I think, <laughs> for people to realize they don't have to have all the answers. Well, and you know, it's true. And the way I figured that out is, is when I was talking to, when we were planning the Million Acts of Kindness for, I knew this before, but it, it, you know, when you know something that it doesn't really land on you, I knew I didn't have to have it all figured out all the time, but that became so evident in planning this tour. It kept changing. Our roots kept changing. Right. Um, and what I learned is that the more I tried to create a solid plan and give people the solid plan, the less opportunity they saw that they could have a role in the plan. So the, the when I had went from the concept perspective, here's the concept. It was actually um, Petland Canada and Fraser Way RV both identified, hey, you're going to be traveling um, during football season. What about if we did tailgate parties for oh families? <laughs> At the Petland Canada stores. And I, I mean, I don't do football. I would never in a million years have thought about that. Those were our most popular, well-attended events on the whole tour. And they were the ones that brought the media. Wow. So I love sponsor. it. <laughs> I love it. You just never know, do you? You just never, never know. know. Well, I love creating win-wins and um, I've kind of had this on my mind for a long time with various events that I've run, but you've really opened up my mind to lots of other scenarios now. And I think that um, if somebody wants to do this correctly, maybe they should be in touch with you. What uh, What's the best starting point when it comes, because you offer a service of doing this, what's the best starting point with you? You know, people can visit me at CharmaineHammond.com or they can also go to the website that's going to be launching right away called RaiseADream.com and that's our whole sponsorship brand with my partner, Rebecca. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, boy, this has been a wealth, wealth of information for our Wealthy Speaker listeners. And on behalf of them, I would just like to say thank you so much, Charmaine Hammond, for coming in and inspiring us, not only to put some revenue in our pocket, but (laughs) to perhaps go out and maybe do some really amazing things in the world that we had never thought of doing before. So thanks, Charmaine. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jane. It was a pleasure. All right. We'll see you soon, Wealthy Speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speakers Show. Please visit speakerlauncher.com for your free Wealthy Speaker audit and visit speakerlauncher.com forward slash podcast for show notes and many more resources to help you catapult your speaking business. See you soon, Wealthy Speakers.